Section 6 of the Testaments of John Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Testament of John Davidson. Read by Sean Kilpatrick. When suddenly the world was closed to me and every road against my passage barred, I found a door that opened into space. I built a lodge celestial for myself, an outcast palace in the Milky Way. I banqueted my body and my soul on light and sound, the substance of the stars, ethereal tissue of eternity, and took my ease in heaven, the first of men to be and comprehend the universe to know how all things are the infinite imponderable ether that possessed illimitable space with tension pure spontaneous energy the pristine state of matter and its last consummate doom before the galaxies with silver seemed the swart oblivion of the universe or pearly nebula began to glow upon the sable bosom of the night or any living nerve electric leapt to elementary ecstasy and most atoning recompense to feel myself ethereal fabric exquisitely spun entranced in wreath of light and sound the warp and woof of matter flesh and blood a lyre of tuneful colours every nerve a strain of spheral music body mind and soul material intensity evolved from unseen atom each a reservoir and ponderable treasury of power infinitude condensed and garnered up in ions to be sifted blent sublimed transmuted into life of every grade lightning the sexes of eternity become a group of chosen elements in flower and beast incapable in man of knowledge understanding rapture truth therefore it shook me when my senses lost the full material power of crystal vision and audience infinite that could outstare a million suns and happily engulf as in sea of cloud harmonic curves reverberant through the ether fathom depths profound and subtle darknesses unplumbed by asterism remote and shimmering waif comet or meteorite or shooting star resolved the discords of imagined spheres in harmonized a virgin galaxy in puissant planes arrest and deftly cleave a radiance everywhere from cadent fire inwove blanched intolerant stars that burn pellucid flame unbraiding prismal hues to stud and gem enameled firmaments and stain the welkin and the steep of space with shadowy tinctures grip the tumult high that echoes through the vast unvaulted course interminable where the nebulae evolving constellations their spindless whirl and break it into rhythmic chords as light asunder bursts in blazoned intervals against refractive adamant or drops in jewelled tears before the cloudless sun so being unwearied of the universe as of myself in my supernal place but faint with glory by my sound conceived and by my soul begotten in the rapt cohabitation with eternity i left my palace in the milky way my outlook in the skies and sought the earth for men must still descend to earth to die none should outlive his power i said who kills himself subdues the conqueror of kings exempt from death is he who takes his life my time has come 
the native energy whereby I exercised fantastical immutability and in my own resemblance reproduced the plastic world. Beginning to relent, abates the thrust and tension of my thought, discharges love, unwinds the poignant charm of living, frees imagination, known eternity, confined in lightning, light, or radiant soul that breaks atomic chrysalides unseen, unthinkable, but certain and innate, to melt into the ether and to be transmuted to infinity again. We are the plunging fire, the molten sea that gladdened, swelled, and rent the generous wombs we harbored in, most willful, fateful births, predestined by ourselves before the world or time began, and wholly answerable, for had we not beyond all yea or nay escaped alive among the myriad germs devoutly squandered from abundant rains to dower a woman's body with delight, we had not been. By my own will alone, the ethereal substance which I am attained, and now by my own sovereign will forgoes self-consciousness, and thus are men supreme. No other living thing can choose to die. This franchise and this high prerogative I show the world. Men are the universe, aware at last, and must not live in fear. Slaves of the seasons, padded, bolstered up, clistered and drenched and dieted and drugged, or hateful victims of senility, toothless and like an infant checked and schooled, or in the dungeon of a sick room drained. By some tabucent horror in their prime, but when the tide of life begins to turn before the treason of the ebbing wave divulges refuse in the barren shore upon the very period of the flood, stand out to sea and bend our weathered sails against the sunset valiantly resolved to win the haven of eternal night. Ten lustres of authentic life compact and many a visit to the heaven of heavens had thus determined me. So forth I sped upon the mountain top to die alone. At sunset, on the mountain of my choice, I stood above the cataphlac of day and watched the quilted vapor harness heaven in chrysolite and ruby of countless hues unnamed, unknown, unthought of, only guessed upon the moment of vicissitude and pulsing cadence which lofty winds unseen battalions swung their shining gelves against me and across the hills behind with bridal bells appeal and vibrant tread went down into the gloaming and the night suddenly fear against me stumbling struck with heavy foot my heart that missed a pulse then beat upon my ribs as if to break the prison of humanity my blood like snow-drenched water labored in my veins my nerves as pithless as peeled rushes now and now as taut as harp springs flagged inert or hummed with agony my sight went out i strained on tiptoe to escape myself like one hung up that barely touches ground my arms flung forth my stiffened fingers spread repulsing death i fell and clutched the earth without a weapon or a potent drug my very will to die had seemed enough to end the consciousness of matter shrined in me awhile and so indeed it was 
but in the travail of it fierce revolt broke out with this intolerable thought thrust through me by the sunset and the wind deadlier than dying pains or fabled throes in hell or anguish actual in dungeons broached by vengeance lust of souls or lust of gain that being dead we neither see nor hear and beauty ceases to renew our blood with form and colour light and harmony out of my swoon i wrestled further roused to live again by high remembrances being the first to understand himself i felt my life the universal will my death more terrible than death in me more terrible than in all the world beside for when i die the universe shall cease to know itself athwart the tenebrous oblivion of the starless infinite the lightning eddied into nebulae systems and suns the earth and life and sex that i might see the beauty hear the music the loveliness which is the infinite that i might be and know and feel myself eternity incarnate in the powers material that eat and drink and love beget imagine labor think invent the multitudinous atonement knit in brain and blood in marrow seed and soul of all the substance of the universe wherefore i drove my vision through the world as in the turf my fingers dug i drew the wind's sonorous tune into my ears as whirlpools sucked the sea down drank the air in pregnant sighs and lusty bosomfuls and felt the mountain underneath me throb uplifted by this freshened will i stood erect again upon the mountain top and looked about me re-beholding earth as though i never seen it in the west a range irregular of summits clear as polished ebony with giant notch dinted the crimson shadow of the sun that faded into purple utmost heights immortal in romance with forests fledge and battlefields beneath keen crested hung in air then loomed uncharactered as dusk to darkness turned and sank into the ground when in the wakeful bosom of the night the slumbering landlady hushed the monthly star whose silvery sorcery fills the tidal wave ascendant with the sun in hidden courts her interlunar festival observed and through the swarthy battlements no glance sidereal from any loophole fell i breathed the darkness fragrant as a wine delivered from the lees it laced my blood with night's material elixir old and mightier than magic subtly slaked the phoenix ashes of my thoughts find their diverse elements and interknit the myriad fabrilled intellects that store the engine and the battery of the brain with power and powers eternity installed in ganglioned tissue long i stood entranced until a rumour in my quickened ears a resonance and noise of breathing woke of heavy pinions and a gripping step unearthly faint afar and sheathed within the louder wind but heard with wonder heard and terror on the instant i divined divinity my hands my soul is red with blood of gods in battle slain and now i thought some deity in adamant accoutred wheels against me dragon drawn from glowing muspelhai or charited by cyclopean craftsmanship and armed with thunders of celestial vengeance forged in my great day and vigour 
my prime. No god could stand against me. But the mood that drew me from my palace in the skies to die alone unmanned me was, in truth, the lowering of the flame of life that means surcease of strength. So that I trembled, I who hitherto had sought divinity as champions seek co-rivals, faintly hoped, abjectly hoped, insidious, nigh would screen my presence. Notwithstanding when the sounds heraldic of divine approach increased in menace, though my tremor flashed again my old disdain of spirit and other world the cowardice of immaterial things i muttered when our days are nearly done imagination withered passion stale as splith of blood in shambles thought a net entangling action and our sense corrupt with soul the pious title of decay then come the treacherous powers to daunt us gods that in the flood and torrent of our lives we left bewildered in their ruined fanes or tossed ashore in isles forlorn or fought and overthrew if any durst on sea or land abide or onset face us then with smooth effrontery empanoplied in all their specious terrors sure that scorn can hurt us in our impotence a supercilious look with anguish pierce our naked hearts and lofty silence ring our flayed and bleeding vanity by this the noise uncouth of supernatural flight archaic jangle of celestial gear rapacious step and breathing arrogant outstripped the wind's sonorous pilgrimage till with the very neighbourhood of dread the sheer immediacy of some divine appellant's onslaught power enough to brim a year's adventurous life from energies material within me disengaged in ruddier stains died deep my labouring heart restrung my bones and reattuned my nerves to quarrel and to cope with the unseen in visionary essences beheld forth as a wrestler steps i strode my hands advanced palm uppermost and raked the night with glances keen from bended brows discharged hearkening undoubted now the braided sounds phantasmal violently throb and ring in swift crescendo as the visitant unknown wheeled up the mountain savage eyes like burning emeralds glared through vapours streaked with yellow flame from ruddy nostrils flung and on the instant while i held my breath still as the statue of a combatant about to grapple his antagonist dragon and chariot and charioteer swept past me clearly seen by dulcet light a molten crescent through crowning the brow superb of her trod the chariot floor with sandaled feet umber and gold locks in loose adornment clustered crescent held or streamed behind unchapleted one hand with easy manage curbed the dragon's flight the other grasped a glittering spear her arms uncovered fair and firm as woman's flesh in rounded beauty shone her loose samar a fabric of the freshest mountain green rustled above her bosom and the wind wedged in between her thighs and furled it close about her comely leg she flung a look upon me as she passed her lips apart her pearly nostrils quivering with her speed and on her ardent countenance divine virginity mantling to see me there while yet her vivid eyes in secret smiled she thinks herself unseen i guessed at once spelling my hands after her down the wind i shouted holla hectate i saw her swerve and pant like one thrust through that scarce for pain can breathe 
Allah, again I cried, Diana, Artemis, Selene, ghost or goddess, deity, beheld, halt, halt, she dropped the bridle rein, she dropped her spear, she wheeled about and gripped in either hand the chariot sides, devouring me with eyes that cracked their sockets, eyebrows arched beneath alarm engraved upon her forehead, wide her mouth, to drink in wonder at a drought, and every fibre of her godhead tense with uttermost amazement, thus she stood a breathing space until her eddying hair blinded her vision. Swiftly then she turned and snatched the bridle, whispering the urgent word that rendered up the dragon to his speed. I, following hard behind, shouldered the wind that, like an unseen sighing multitude, oppressed and swarmed upon me. Tuft and stone with every step the dragon's talon showered his furnace breath in rhythmic blast respired a ruddy gloom that lit his brindled mane. His leathern pinions, wide as Latin sails, on curving yards of Berber pirates bent, with steady motion winged the chariot on, fluent upon its whirring wheels that droned like mammoth bees, and from the mountains skimmed a rotary purchase merely. Far outpaced I labored after, hoping still an audience of the goddess of the night. For straight across the dragon's course a stream entangled in the mountains deeply clave a torturous glen with precipices ribbed with rocky cauldrons, pools and waterfalls, and testing fleeced with shaggy woods, and dark with necromantic memories haunt and hold in faithful ages of unchristened things. Now if the goddess deems that there her flight may find an end in arbored secrecy, I, knowing every cavern, nook and vault, can take her unawares, or if intense emotion of divinity be held after millenniums of enfranchisement wherewith invisibility endowed celestial beings, if perturbed she leaves the way to chance, the briar and the thorn will soon ensnare her wheels. But when I changed on these presumptions to the measured stride, suddenly chariot and charioteer cresting a knoll that broke the deep descent with upward impulse climbed against the wind, and voyaging aloft from mountain cross to mountain lightly borne on mighty vans, revivant indiscernibly that wreathed the outstretched dragon in elastic coils of humming speed i watched as one who sees a miracle within a miracle at length the crescent like a wandering moon in mundane paths astray twinkled at rest against a wooded swartness opposite my stance of wonder thither thinking not of hazard toil impediment or woe allotted all who fling themselves on chance i sped across the devious ravine and fording thrice the sluggish brook that seemed with whispered threat to haunt my way unlit and perilous down heedlessly and up by crumbling verges where the earth exhaled a spicy redolence of nature's vet by scars of torrent stone by ivied cliffs thickets and mossy brinks and breaks of fern i reached the virgin deity's retreat a vaulted hollow in the mountainside, within it grew the hawthorn and the ash, by briar roses linked, whose blossoms gleamed like shards of pearly luster, mirroring the dulcet light that shone there. Foxgloves piled their leaning campanilles about the groined embayment in the mountain, somewhere near the lowly. Eglantine enriched the night with incense, overhung by dewy boughs. The crystal chariot stood, its shafts of gold inclined, its jeweled wheels at rest among the bracken. 
on a crag the goddess sat her molten crescent welling silver fire while at her feet the unharnessed dragon crouched goddess i cried ascending goddess hail but at my shout her guardian leapt upright the russet plates in crimson purple bronze emerald and topaz hues that overlaid his sinuous body like a latticed bark glowed in the fury of his onslaught eyes illumined with the sombrest blaze of wrath his mane erect his sheathless talons curved his folded wings clanking against his hues he hurled himself upon me snorting flame my very heart grew pale my marrow froze i rolled my helpless eyes this way and that expecting death but in the chariot lo the spear celestial shrill the dragon neighed about to overwhelm me but i stopped and under thwart his overhanging bulk escaped and seized the weapon crying out in triumph inarticulate put down my spear the goddess said divinity affronted deepening her voluptuous tones to such a menace i had almost cast my life away with that her proper arm but while her absolute command still rang in my enchanted ear the dragon balked and desperate now fresh defiance breathed surging against me with his scalloped bands outspread and thunderous whirlwind-like he whipped me up enshrouding me and over my head gnashing his teeth tossed high his wrinkled snout in act to grind my skull betwixt his jaws no room had i so closely held to strike but upward through his furrowed brisket rough wood stumps of wiry hair i dug and wrought begetting death devoutly as a groom begets a son until his wings relaxed affording ample liberty to drive the weapon home and threw and out among his upper ribs an l beyond the chine he straddled blindly shrieking like a horse whose stable burns flounced hither thither tore his dripping breast and broke the shaft across wheeled round and whining hideously fell dead the gorgeous colors of his plated hide burned out and left his carcass dull and gray as some forgotten lichen-covered log his dragon's blood with bitter fragrance laced the mountain air and like a smouldering fire crept scorching turf and fern the battle won i leaned against the chariot and addressed the goddess faint but resolute to dare another hazard wanderer of the night i am the foe of all the gods i slew apollo thor adenus behold your dragon dead wherewith shall you and i contend i spoke thus high and hard aware that deities are daunted even as men by arrogance unlooked for and abrupt and surely for a space the goddess still enthroned upon the moss-grown crag like one whose purpose and whose speech are both forestalled lowered at me with a baffled look of hate anon turning her gaze upon her dead attendant fixedly she left her seat beside the body knelt and stroked awhile the heavy mane inert and withered now she sighed she looked to heaven she looked to earth she searched the horny leaden reptile eyes she listened close for any sounds of life with such sad gesture such abandonment of deity forlorn and so divine a tenderness that i forbore to look at last she cast my way a wounded frown and whispered in a hueless voice of woe why did you kill him i answered drawing near i should have known you now a goddess wherefore now she asked and stood confronting me i said because idea of calamity to them or theirs the gods conceived not loftily she said loftily she asked what can you know of gods all men i answered know the god who made the world then killed his son in ecstasy of grief a wanton slaughter that destroyed himself 
when he beheld the pleasure of his hands that seemed so lovely in the making turned to rapine murder madness death and hell swiftly she said and wistfully and wan you did not like that god and on me showered the chastened lustre of her mournful eyes that with her crescent languid from dismay a dusky local twilight interwove nor any god i said then softly she and with the naivety of divinity nor goddess and i answered feigning scorn nor goddess but she heeded not and knelt again beside her dead protector why with duller anguish than before she wailed why did you kill him in my own defence i answered like a child you prate as gods are wont to do on me unarmed you loosed your champion i encountered him and won would you have had me die without a blow you should be dead she said and rose in wrath the still blue lightning blazing in her eyes while ruddy fire her crescent overbrimmed you had beheld me all who see me die and you shall die if looks could kill i said i should be now a cinder at your feet but i am stronger than the strongest gods you stronger than the gods what are you then she asked her mouth so near me that her voice embalmed the breath i spoke with i am he that was to come i said but are you god she cried her eyes clashing on mine like flints not god i told her man but such a man as was not in the world before my time and cannot be again one man is like another she replied the world is full of men this was the only dragon left now all your nation could atone for him i said bethink you there are men and men how many men have had the power to see your virgin deity but for she said endymion actaeon orion you know you the fate of those whose second sight divined me in the forest or on the hill i know it well i said do you indeed then let us hear what mortals say of that she cried with withering malice orion now what is the tale of him he having heard how the sweet goddess of the liberal womb had honoured and delighted chosen men determined on a hardier enterprise seduction of a willing deity being for him not perilous enough wherefore he swore a stygian oath to see to capture and to ravish you the chaste divinity whom not a god dared touch his savage lust it was that couched his eyes and showed you naked in your secret bower about to don your hunting habit fierce as that insinuated boar of caledon but you unslipped it with aetolia upon your hallowed privacy he crashed the thicket through seeing to be seen and at the sight of you at once to die for in the bosom of his wicked hope your glittering instantaneous arrow sang infallible as light so ended he the mighty hunter whose renown adorns in stellar script the figured vault of heaven she scowled upon my version but said and of actaeon then what tale is told a wanton boy he hunted you with dogs and tracked you to your bath your silver bow beyond your reach the magic of your glance undid his nature and his mongrels tore him down and killed him for a rascal stag endymion's fate you must not speak of him but i replied endymion and i pursued you not but by your own design or by incommunicable power described you 
Hush, she said, as though I had profaned her person. Such rebuke was in her voice, such distance in her eyes, such reverence in her motion, such an awe upon her face. I understood and said with equal inspiration, You may know how great I am at this, that I shall tell Endymion's story swiftly, truly, yet religiously, and with such warrant high that you will think your recollection speaks. You loved him, goddess, with a woman's love, him only, in your monthly glory, him in all your shining centuries, in all your sweetest millenniums of virginity. One night on Latmos, as he watched his sheep, he sang a wistful ditty to the moon, fragrant with budded passion and the rich account of opening manhood. In your heart that cherished silvery as maidens should a delicate discarnate thought of him the golden message of his sonnet flowered in roses red as blood and ere you knew your deity enraptured and had put him on the beauty visible that maddens men a moment in his sight your lovely disappeared a woman's naked godhood stained with blushes of desire and faded not but in his fancy grew olympus saw you instantly and jove before your haste had comment of your voice knowing your plea accorded it he shall not die jove said had he beheld you by an impious will reprieve had been impossible that once unwonted ecstasy should overpower my virgin daughter pleases fate in me therefore the gift bestowed on him unsought a vision of impassioned deity shall be endymion's abiding joy he in eternal slumber shall retain eternal youth and in his countenance eternally the rapture of his dream you laid him in a cave, and every night untouched, unkissed, with maiden vehemence, adored him even to lunacy. Your whole divine existence, spirit, sex entranced in his entrancement, and your daily thoughts, as through the carrion woods you still outstripped the swiftest nymph that followed in the chase, were with Indium always poignantly transposed by the sweet subtlety of jove's decree that made you the beatified beholder nightly and remember by day of happiness your image gave the dreamer you the virgin heroine of the eternal miracle of love alas she said and sank upon the ground the miracle was not eternal him edemion oh my caverned treasure him i have not seen of him i have not dared to think with intimate remembrances for many and many an empty century faint as a glowworm now her crescent showed a wan and fitful lustre sighs profound she shook and rent her bosom that she seemed about to fade and crumble in my sight although the ruthless foe of all the god the instinct of the flesh an ominous thought eluding thought constrained me and i vowed she should not perish thus two crystal ewers a golden platter and an agate cup adjusted in a frame by vulcan's craft of old equipped the chariot no device for ease of travel lacked had stirred a vague conjecture when i saw them now i knew the goddess's olympian larder choice and frugal in the golden dish for one pellucid pitcher filleted with gems turquoise and ruby jasper opal pearl i shook a portion of ambrosia sliced in manchets of a mouthful daintily and from the other that bore about its neck a wreath of emerald ruddy tourmaline topaz and amethyst i brimmed the cup with nectar and the pitchers both appeared after the service replenished as at first 
i pondered on the marvel but a sigh as of the wind among aeolian strings deep shuddering through the night upon my knees beside the goddess brought me speedily she ate and drank and with the sacrament of food the universal pledge of life and health her virgin deity regained the power the passion the celestial looks that filled the picture of endymion's dream and in the mountain vault her crescent made a golden day the darkness thronged upon then taste she said the nurture of the gods and handed me the platter and the cup having appeased her appetite repaired her vigor and assuaged her grief with less than half my offering so restorative to every faculty of sense and soul was that ethereal fare no words can tell the relish of ambrosia represent aroma unimagined out of heaven until i drank the nectar lips divine had taste such a supper never man before me palated and none again shall eat in time or in eternity my high material nature hitherto had vanquished all divinity that dared encounter it but now to this innate supremacy no spirit could withstand the food and wine of other world conjoined whatever in their supernatural breed advantaged gods against me by the hand i took my chance companion of the night and from that battle place with dragon's blood perfumed and smouldering sword we passed beneath a lowly architrave of banded boughs thence winding by a path where briars caught her green simar we gained a bosked abode of solitude sequestered from the wind that hummed a tune without and rounded off the tingling silence there from all the world an arbor to possess a goddess in with roses hung and sweet with eglantine that sweetens all the mountain's tawny flank the deep intolerant sexual rancor stored in men who innocently undertake the death of women in the name of love and ruin beauty that beauty may endure from age to age augmented wetted fired by paradisian refreshment life itself is melting mouthfuls and its gold impotable elixir of the gods incensed me with the malignant joy to think that i should here deflower the undeflowered immortal blossom of virginity chasten the chastity of heaven with love invade the roseal bower of deity the very maidenhead of maidenhead but she foreboding doom withdrew her hand and set a space between what den is this she asked dismay and doubt in voice and eye i thought you led me to a temple near some sanctuary some porch some ruined fane this hidden lodge and magic nook of old inhabited by nameless gods uncouth progenitors of deities whose rites infect it still with horror daunts my soul celestial though it be conduct me hence unhappy mortal ere primeval fate betray us utterly and ancient woe entangle both in undivine despair the latest tenants of this secret shade they fill it now i said are dreams of mine my place of inspiration in my youth my refuge study haunt and hermitage the ground is hollowed goddess here can come no horror only beauty and delight inhabit mansions youth has sanctified 
what was foretold the prophet who was he proteus announced it centuries ago so many empty centuries ago she panted paused and paled her godhead all aghast as in the sapphire eyes arose terrific memories from the depth of time oh in the idle sweetness of the years she caught her breath and cried the endless years a myriad summers for i followed still the scent of roses fate predicted passed me by it seemed i never gave it thought or if it lingered with the pageantry roaming the background of my tranquil mind twas merged in legend and olympian lore my mother most beloved delight of him whose lust immortalized mortality leto sweet breeder of the sun and moon hushed me to sleep with when the world was young in golden delos by the ionian sea what dead prediction buried in your heart revives with such an import ominous not you she cried not you in violent wrath you are not he the prophet warned me of some lycanthrope in borrowed manhood some detestable fanatic or nympholept or parasite of fame like him that burnt my temple beautiful in ephesus for i remember your insensate brag that fell at first unheeded on my ears repeat it now you killed them come you killed apollo thor adonisis swear it you that dared not face a dragon without my spear contend with gods and like the bridal bells imagined an elfin cavalcade her laughter filled the night with ringing scorn i overthrew those three apollo thor adonisis temperately i spoke inured to tell all misprision both of gods and men her sudden anger passed for in her heart the teeth of fear had met how can one do a thing insuperable she asked no man could overcome apollo at any time and know you not my brother vanished long before renown went west or north of rome i overcame him but adonisius first then thor i said adonisius never he she told me ended when apollo did but had that sullen monarch's rule endured even you with all your boasted second sight could not have seen still less encountered him the wearer of the helm invisible i said speaking like fate there is no term no brink no confine to my vision he who can espy electrons in their dance atomic and delight his burnished gaze in depths of ether fathomless till now by sight of god or man was never yet deceived by artifice archaic cask of darkness deity impure obscene and skulking usage neither hid nor helped your sombre god of hell when once i tracked him out his hateful presence on the earth was known to me from boyhood by the high poetic gift i gave unerringly when manly years to genius added power i sought and found him by the lucerine shore haunting the entrance of the underworld whence far he might not stray for fear of death that was his minion once in countless shapes unknown when he with jove and neptune ruled their trivial universe he saw me come and laughed his hellish laugh for centuries a rarity and that my coming caused the last to ring his fallen countenance he grasped his helm upon a willow hung 
whose shade obscured the gloomy port of hell and shambled towards me doubting not to see terror in headlong flight but my strong tread advanced on him echoed loud as doom upon the hollow roof of tartarus and daunted him whose office it had been an atomic function to appeal mankind throughout the ages of his power insanity the goddess cried a wild a sacrilegious lie i saw him quail i said and when she moved to speak again continued my recital hardily he stood a moment swithering then he donned his headpiece and came at me with dispatch had i remembered vulcan's magic gift such power as fantasy i might have failed to see adonius helmeted but lust of battle so obsessed my mind that hell's belated champion changed nor shape nor bulk until my wrath destroyed him utterly for when he noted in my fervid gaze that i beheld him still and feared him not despite the cyclopean sorcery of unseen omnipresence subtly forged that once with neptune's triple spear and jove's compelling thunderbolt ordained the world irrational terror inhibited his power darkened his vision and delivered him to my remorseless hands i gripped his throat and strangled him i knelt upon his breast and crushed his ribs i battered helm and head to powder on the stones and trod and stamped him down into the dust and put an end for ever to the nether deity forthwith i plucked the brazen gates of hell from off their adamantine hinges tossed them far into the middle sea and took the facile way by my heroic deed become at last i thought a thoroughfare mistaking the consummate consequence for men both break and make beyond their aim yet trembling i went down the avernine slope so dreadful was the gloom the roar and whine so shrill and shattering penetrant and harsh the fume of charred humanity so foul so noisome and so sulphurous the antique corruption of the air time out of mine unwinnowed unrenewed while such a sense intolerable of age-long agonies invaded every nerve that the command all hope abandon ye who enter here sunk in the oceans with the gates of hell inscribed itself upon the stagnant smoke and glittering fire the image of my doubt but soon the tide of power within me rose to flood again and when my sight attuned to darkness dimly diapered and gilt by withered beams and lustre in decay the relics and despair of ruined light began to search the tract of hell it seemed at first as though the place were empty voice of woe and carnal smell of burning all hypnotic fancy and the realm itself so spacious once a cavern in the earth for antiquaries only and even they should have discovered there no vast machines and horrible inventions of a god's revenge end of section six of the testaments of john davidson